Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com and many popular podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, the NYC Podcast Network, and the Family Podcast Network. We're also on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sundays at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia, and 1650 AM in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. That's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. I'm Will Selden with VHHA, and today we're excited to be joined by a friend and former colleague of mine, Rodrigo Perez. He's a certified athletic trainer with Bon Secours and the Richmond Kickers professional soccer team. We'll cover his work as an athletic trainer and more, but before we do, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much, and I'm happy to be here. Well, we appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. Before we dive in, I want to provide a little background to our listeners. You're a Bon Secours employee but you work full-time with the Richmond Kickers. And my understanding of that is that Bonscore has a team of sports medicine professionals, athletic trainers, PTs, and so on, who sort of work outside traditional clinical settings around Richmond. Included in that are local high schools, youth sports organizations, and and in your case, you're the athletic trainer, as we mentioned, for Richmond's professional soccer team, the Kickers. So if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit more about that arrangement and how that all fits together. Yeah, of course. So, you know, as we all know, Kids, adults, anyone who loves sports loves to be a part of that game. And unfortunately, we don't really pay attention to the other aspects of sports. That is, you know, how do we maintain and keep everyone healthy? That could be anyone from a simple flag football team all the way to the highest level available. Um, and that's where my profession comes in. So most athletic trainers, their job is to basically instill policies and procedures in preventative medicine, things that can educate athletes, students, anyone who is interested in potentially participating in any sports setting. You see it around any aspect, like you said, high school football, junior college, university, et cetera, et cetera. But I would say that athletic trainers are essential to that field because you have an array of students and athletes who may not be as educated or come from different backgrounds to the point where sports is that unifying, you know, medium for them. And when people get injured, that kind of can set them back from different dimensions of their health. And so my job is to try to keep everyone as healthy as possible, provide any resources that could be of use for them, but also collaborate with them and other healthcare professions, as you mentioned, in the clinical setting, because our field is mainly non-clinical. We work in high schools, universities, any office that you could think of. So we provide that outlet to allow players to do what they want and that is be on the field. So my job is to educate, treat, evaluate, and be able to communicate well with parents, student athletes, doctors, physicians, uh, physical therapists, etc. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytics services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. 
Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. For people listening, can you tell us about how you become an athletic trainer, what sort of degrees you need or what sort of education that requires? Of course. You know, back in the day, we basically had a demand for athletic trainers in the aspect of you didn't need much of a formal education. You had a little bit of skill, a little bit of background, a little bit of knowledge of human anatomy and how things pertain to sports. You were considered a candidate. But now, as we're progressing and transitioning into future medicine, there is a lot of value to athletic trainers. We are the tape, the glue, everything that holds every sports team together. And we are the first line of defense when it comes to someone who could potentially be in a risky situation. So with that, there's going to be more responsibility, more formal training and education. Now, the path to become an athletic trainer not only comes in getting an undergraduate degree in the sports medicine field, which could be kinesiology, biology, etc. Now you have to have a master's as well to be considered an athletic trainer. That's something very big for the profession. I think it just really, really demonstrates that those who are striving to be athletic trainers are fully focused and fully immersed into their practice. You have to have a ton of clinical experience and hours, knowledge of basic human anatomy, physiology. Some of the clinical skills can help in that aspect, but for the most part, preventative medicine is what it is. You're there to educate, communicate, and show these student athletes what they can do, small habits and routines that can help them maximize their output. Along with that, you know, you have to have a knowledge of therapeutic exercises because we'll take a high school setting, for example, they don't have the resources or the funding to be able to seek, you know, physical therapy. And our job as athletic trainers is to show student athletes how you can manage minor, major injuries and be able to give them little practices that they can do on their own and make them accountable so that they can be able to not only return, but return in a safe manner and as healthy as possible. Well, having played sports growing up, I know how important that medical support can be. And, and I know that's a big job. So we appreciate you doing that. I've mentioned this before on the show, actually. I can't stay away from talking about soccer and sports in general. We both share a love of soccer. We, we both spent years playing the game. And we, we briefly mentioned having strong patient-provider relationships is so key to having, you know, positive health outcomes. So, you know, basically, if a patient trusts their provider, they might be more likely to follow the prescribed care plans or, you know, just trust them in general. So thinking about that through the lens of soccer, in what way do you think your experience as a player, you played a pretty high level, in what way do you think that experience helps provide you with a little bit of credibility for the players you work with and maybe some trust that comes with that as well? Yeah, I think that that experience, like you mentioned, is very, very instrumental in that patient-clinician rapport. Um, you know, I myself used to play soccer, like you said, our love for the game. We can't stay away. Well, unfortunately, that came with injuries as well. And so learning through your own experiences not only allows you to breed confidence in the way you communicate towards these student athletes or professionals, whoever you are working with in that capacity, but you're able to describe what your experience is like and let them know that, look, this is what happened. We need to do A, B, and C or give it some rest before we do X, Y, and Z. And then just progress in, in a calm manner. But that patient clinician report is very, very important. in, like you said, having them confide in your abilities to, to take care of them properly with that experience, with the terminology and being able to relate to these student athletes. Cause like I said before, a lot of them might not have the understanding that you have as a clinician. And so 
you have to be able to communicate what it is that one you're expecting two any questions that they may have regarding their injuries but three decrease any apprehension or lack of self-confidence in order for them to fully buy into your plan which you know like you mentioned before it can lead to a lot of positive outcomes and so that relationship is super important having the experience in sports is super important as well but it's not necessary as long as you are communicating and instilling confidence in what you do to the student athlete or professional, I think that that relationship can really, really flourish and you can see a lot of positive things come out of that. I want to shift gears a little bit. So we're recording this on October the 18th, which is a few days after the end of Hispanic Heritage Month. I know you're a Spanish speaker. We've spoken about the benefits of having positive patient-provider relationships and that rapport. I know being a fan and a, and a former employee of the Richmond Kickers, they have a pretty strong contingent of Spanish-speaking players from all across the globe, but um, there's a pretty strong core of Argentinian players at the club. I wanted to ask you how your ability to communicate in that native language of some of those players who might not have a great understanding of English when they first get to the United States, how that allows you to enhance your ability to communicate with them and also help them feel comfortable when they come to the club and really just sort of act as a liaison and an extension of their culture in the U.S. How valuable do you think that's been? Oh, I think it's uh, tremendously valuable simply because, like you mentioned, we have a variety of cultures and backgrounds in, in within our group. And some of them might be afraid of the language barrier when it comes to communicating about their needs, their issues, their injuries. And being bilingual can be a tremendous help because it breeds confidence in them to fully confide and tell you what is wrong. Now, it is your job as a clinician to figure that out regardless of the language barrier, but having that background and being able to speak the language that these players are able to effortlessly speak can breed a lot of confidence. And that confidence can translate onto the field once they're fully healthy, it can create a sense of comfort within, you know, hey, I didn't understand what you were saying, but I have my aesthetic trainer here. He can help me understand what it is you're trying to communicate. And then we can go ahead and have a conversation through a translator. That alone, I think, within our group at least, has been instrumental and is really, really shown, I should say, within our day-to-day -day interactions because you see our players from diverse backgrounds be more confident, be more comfortable be more social, and ultimately, in terms of the team culture, I think that's very big as we move forward. And it's just, it's fun to watch from the outside because obviously the, the higher level you get in sports, those fine margins make such a big difference. And when you have players coming from abroad, having them be able to bed in and be comfortable in their environment is so key to how they perform, I would imagine, as an outsider. And so having someone with a medical background who's not only helping them physically, but also helping them socially and helping them settle in and make their families comfortable. And like I said, just as an extension of their sort of family and their immediate nucleus of people, I can imagine is, is so key. So thanks so much for sharing that. Um, we appreciate all the work you do to keep our athletes safe and be a key member of the medical community in Richmond. You know, for your listeners, if they're not aware of what an athletic trainer is, I would seek that they speak to one just so they can get an understanding because a lot of these listeners have either friends children, students, you know, family that play sports and the difference between, you know, an emergent and a non-emergent scenario could be the person that is in, in charge and responsible of overseeing that medical care, especially in high school settings where you have one athletic trainer that is managing multiple sports. And I would estimate that it would be anywhere from above 100 to 200 student athletes where the standard of care might not be as high in terms of, you know, giving every student the attention that they deserve. 
but they are really, really instrumental to the functional aspect of high school sports and health and safety. They do so much for these kids to be able to play and train every day, you know, after school. And so if, if someone is not aware of what an athletic trainer is, just go ahead and try to see if they can have a conversation with them because these are individuals that really go above and beyond what the minimum is to be able to provide services for all athletes, whether that be physical aspect of injury and, and rehabilitation to the emotional aspect of, you know, venting and having someone to talk about. And we call ourselves, how, how would you say it, like therapists, you know, because we deal a lot with psychological aspects of what these students athletes are, especially when it comes to injury. They take a mental toll. They might not feel as confidence. And, you know, these athletic trainers pick up a lot of the pieces that a student athlete might not be so willing to share with their family or friends. So these guys do so much for our community. And I think it's just amazing to see what they can do when they are fully invested. And, uh, you know, it'd be really nice to have parents just speak a little bit more to their athletic trainers so that they know that they fully support them. And that makes our job way, way easier, knowing that we have the support of the families and parents. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and just to sort of tie a bow on that, like we mentioned before, so many athletic trainers are people who are passionate about sports and grew up playing sports and can relate to their patients' experiences. And that's so key from your providers. Before we let you go, it's tradition on this show to ask our guests a few more fun personal questions just to uh, get a sense of who you are beyond the work that you do. So if you're up for it, if you could go ahead and pick two numbers between one and 10, I'll ask you those corresponding questions on our list of mystery questions. Okay, sounds good. Let's go with number three and number nine. Alrighty, number three. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received and why does it stick with you? The best piece of advice that I've ever received is, you know, this, this applies to anything in life, but always be prepared. You never know who's watching. You never know what interaction might encounter on, a, on an average, you know, day-to-day basis. But if you're always prepared in any setting, whether it's, you know, not being, if you're a shy person and you recognize someone, be willing to take, take a chance and initiate conversation because I've heard of a lot of testimonies, including myself, where people were just minding their business or, or going about their day. And then an opportunity came up where they could introduce themselves and great things can happen from just a simple hello or interaction or conversation without you, you know, anticipating what was the likelihood. A lot of us strive to do great things in life, but not to say they aren't prepared, it's just there's opportunities that are presented to them and they don't take advantage of them. So if you are prepared in any aspect of what you are looking to do in this life, I think that, you know, you, you will find that you'll greatly rewarded. You know, just a brief example, you know, I wanted to be in the soccer realm, I'm sure as you know, and I was working part-time in California before this opportunity came. Now I had to move across the country to seek out this opportunity but I believe everything has worked out in the end. We're three years in. We've had a lot of great success as well as a lot of ad- adversity. And growth really comes from when you're in an uncomfortable situation. So always be prepared in any aspect and great things will follow. I agree with you. Thanks for that testimony. I, I enjoyed that. And I'm grateful that you took that chance as well because that's how we met. So, and The second question, if you were miraculously granted one wish, what would you wish for? Miraculously gifted one wish, what would I wish for? Is it, is it too cliche to ask for infinite wishes? <laughs> I like that. I like that. You can circumvent you know, the rules. We'll give you that one. We'll give it to okay, you. Okay. You know, because why, why, why settle for one when I can have multiple? I like it. This guy's prepared. Yeah. He's always prepared. I love it. 
<laughs> Alrighty, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. We want to once again thank our guest, Rodrigo Perez, athletic trainer with Richmond Kickers, for joining us today. So thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, go Kickers.